Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We are live on a Monday morning here, Standing Room Spartans podcast. Your host, as always, Kevin Parker. Uh, to recap, a disastrous start. Let's just face it. Um, not many other words we can use to describe it. And uh, right now, as I'm recording, i got to be a little quiet here, but you will hear at the end of this episode uh, a, a really immediate reaction. So I'll, I'll let you know um, when when this cuts off and when that begins I, I recorded a quick like six minutes right after the game ended to just kind of get my emotions out through the microphone but this is you know the next day I've had some time to sleep on it and if you feel bad for yourself for having watched that game uh, feel bad for me having to rewatch it twice so uh, man it was rough there, there's no no doubt about it there's there's a lot to dig into here but it's just I Maybe we were wrong. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, Scott and I, we did the predictions. We we talked about this team so much and started to look at it and, and started to get some green colored glasses, I guess. I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe we were just way off on this team, on, on the talent that, that might be available to us. Uh, some of the kind of breakout type players, you know, hey, may, there's still plenty of season left. I, I get that, but you know, Michael, Michael Fletcher, I, I didn't see him touch the field. Rocky Lombardi plays the whole game. We didn't get to see any of these other quarterbacks. Um, Devontae Dobbs wasn't even dressed for this game. Spencer Brown, I didn't see get any action. I mean, you had some flashes from the receivers, but of course, a lot of mental errors as well. And, um, you know, I'm not sure where we go from here. My My biggest takeaway, to be quite honest, is we got to look at this team now and and this coaching staff has to look at the situation and look, none of these guys are going to lose eligibility. So whether you're a freshman, whether you're a redshirt freshman, a sophomore, a walk-on or a senior, I don't, I don't care. Let's see what we got. You didn't get the spring practices. You didn't get the spring game that you traditionally get where you have the opportunity to kind of see these guys in live action on the field Let's use the rest of the season as an expen- extended spring game. I mean, look, we're not we're not competing for a Big Ten title here. We're looking to build for the future, and so I I'm just in the camp of let's throw everybody out there on the field uh, over the next few weeks and 
see if we can find some playmakers for 2021 and beyond. You know, again, whether that's a true freshman, whether that's redshirt, I don't care. Just just give these guys a shot. Give everybody a chance. And, and that's what, you know, really I, I was planning on waiting to this, but I'll get into it now. That's what upset me the most about Rocky Lombardi playing the entire game. Look, he he didn't play a terrible game. I'll I'll push back on the the folks who say you know, hey, Rocky wasn't a problem today. He played well. I I disagree with that. I think he quite honestly played quite poorly. Um, I, I would give him kind of a C minus or a C if I had to grade it, and we'll talk about why in a moment here, but. That's the thing that frustrated me the most is is you had a couple opportunities in this game to to try to give a spark to this team, try to give a spark to this offense, and you just didn't take advantage of those. And I don't know what you were really expecting here um, with Rocky Lombardi in this offense to just suddenly turn it on and that just clearly wasn't going to happen. So I, I don't know. I, I'm just, again, I, I don't think he played a terrible game, but at the end of the day, there were a lot of mental errors. He put the ball on the ground a couple times in terms of strip sacks, threw a couple interceptions. He threw another one that was called back because of a penalty that, you know, I'll say is quite lucky. So, you know, he was, he was a penalty away from five turnovers on his own. Uh, you just can't do that. And so I, I would have liked to see another quarterback at least get a shot. You know, I'm not asking for, are they that bad? I, I just, that's such a big takeaway from this game. Are, are Theo Day and Peyton Thorne that bad that, that they're not even getting a shot in this game? You know, they, they talked about this QB competition like, you know, these guys were all battling it out and, and it was a three-way tie, basically, the way they were talking about it. And then you have this performance out there on the field from this offense and this team and neither of these guys get a shot. I mean, if I'm Theo Day and if I'm Peyton Thorne, I am pissed right now that I didn't even get an opportunity. So we'll see what they bring out next week against Michigan, but... I, you have to, I guess, go with Rocky, you know, based on traditional situations here. I mean, you start this guy the entire game and then you go into a rivalry game week two. That's traditionally not the time to bring in the backup quarterback to start the game. So I don't know, man, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second here in, in further detail, but that was just such a big takeaway from this game. And, uh, I, it's so frustrating um but let's you know one of the big things i was wanting to see coming into this game is what's the depth chart looking like obviously you know the big news at the start of the the game at kickoff was that connor hayward was starting the game over eli collins i think that shocked everybody and i think once we saw connor hayward on the field we were reminded why we were so shocked look he's the same player he hasn't changed a bit he's he's just he doesn't look in shape. He doesn't look explosive at all. And for a big guy, he's not even really breaking tackles. I, I don't know what we're doing with Connor Hayward in the game. He, he missed, he blatantly missed in pass protection on that Rocky Lombardi strip sack that resulted in, in Rutgers getting the ball on our one-yard line. You know, that was that was a drive where Connor Hayward got the ball a couple times, did nothing with it and then just whiffed in pass protection to cause a turnover. I I don't know what this dude's doing in the game. That said, I mean, Eli Collins didn't do much better. 
Uh, you know, I, Jordan Simmons was our best running back. I, I think he looked good on a couple plays. He looked like he had some juice to him. So, you know, we'll see what comes out of that. But uh, Trenton Gillison got the start at tight end. I didn't really see him involved in, in the passing game much. Matt Dotson got, I think, five catches as the game went on. The offensive line, you had AJR Curie and Kevin Jarvis at tackles. You had Blake Boyder, uh, Matt Allen, and Carrick at the right guard. So that was your starting five. J.D. Duplain did get quite a bit of playing time. He was uh, sub- subbing in at the both guard spots. Kevin Jarvis was moving around a little bit as well. So you had Jalen Naylor, Trey Mosley, and Jordan or Jaden Reed at the wide receiver spots. And then that running back was basically a committee approach. You had Hayward, Simmons, and Collins all uh, out on the field quite a bit. Brandon Wright took one carry, didn't do much with it. But on the defensive side, you had Panishuk, Jacob Slade, Naquan Jones, Drew Beasley at the defensive line. To I think nobody's real surprised there. I think that's kind of what we expected. Um, Kalon Gervin and Chris Jackson on the outside were our starting corners with Shakur Brown pretty much working the slot. Um, that was quite interesting. And, and this is something that a couple people mentioned on Twitter as well, but where was Julian Barnett? Look, I, I get it. You know, you're a new coaching staff. You're just evaluating these guys for what they are uh, in practice and, and what you see. But he made a couple good plays on special teams and just could not sniff the field on defense. I, I don't know what happened there. Um that was surprising. Um, but yeah, Shakur Brown's lining up in the slot. He actually had a pretty good game. He had that interception that he took back to the for a touchdown that ended up getting called back. There was a block in the back there that uh, was suspect. But you had Noah Harvey and Antoine Simmons lined up at the linebacker spot. Xavier Henderson playing mostly that box safety that we talked about. And then Trey Person and Andrew Dowell rotated in at the free safety spot for most of that game. Um. On the defensive side, and this is this is a big talking point because in the first half, Rutgers comes out and they score 28 points. We're saying, what's going on with the defense? These were their uh this was their field position for each of their drives in the first half. So first was you know, opening kickoff. They start on the 25. Uh scripted plays, you know, traditionally an offense is going to do pretty well early in the game with those, you know, these are their best plays. Go down and score. Um, not a big deal. First drive the season, plenty of time. Next drive, they start on our 44-yard line. Next drive, they start on our one-yard line. Next drive, 43-yard line, then the 26, and then our 23, their 24, and their 47. Their four touchdown drives, They their average field position was our 38-yard line. So, look, I, I know... There was a lot of problems on defense. Noah Harvey being a big one. That's somebody I talked about. Look, I I mentioned how many times that this kid just wasn't ready at the end of last year. Yeah, he made a couple tackles. And you look at the stat sheet and he was okay. But when you really look into the film, he's just his instincts are not there uh, on this. I think it was the second Rutgers touchdown. He was there. He was standing in the hole that the running back ran through and, and just decided to turn around for no reason i like go back and watch that touchdown and you'll see noah harvey look as clueless as i've ever seen a football player look on the field and so 
I don't know. Um, that was bad. Antoine Simmons played a pretty good game. He was living in the backfield for a while. But again, when you're starting in that field position every single drive, what do you expect? What do you expect to happen? Um, so the defense actually stood up decently well in the first half, considering the field position we were putting them in. I mean, on that drive where they started on our one-yard line, we had the goal line stand. Uh, we just had the pass interference by, I think it was Shakur Brown, that that ended up you know giving them another first down, and, and it just... You know, you're not going to hold them for eight plays inside the one, but I don't know. Defense, I I thought actually didn't do a terrible job when you go back and rewatch it. They, you know, they kept guys in front of them. At the end of the day, Rutgers only had 276 yards of offense. You know, they had like 160 passing yards. We we turned them over a couple times, um, but the end of the day there's no pass rush and that's going to be a big problem for this cover three defense you need to find a pass rush with four guys on the field and and you know we're, look we're not asking for an alabama clemson defensive line here but we need a couple guys that are going to get some pressure uh, on on third and medium third and long when we're not blitzing we need a guy to go in there and make a play and it just wasn't happening um you know going back to the first half uh, i want to go to the offensive side of the ball because you know, again, we were giving up bad field position and, and Rutgers was scoring and we had to keep up here in the first half. We just came out flat and that's coaching. And when you're down 28-13 at halftime at home against Rutgers in your debut, the turnovers, the miscommunication, uh, the play calling, I, I, I'm, I don't know how to feel. Uh, about this coaching staff because look it's week one i get it Uh, there's plenty of time left there's no spring no 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 no. but Rutgers also didn't have spring practice they also are bringing in a new coaching staff they also have a new scheme on offense they also have a new quarterback and they look fine they look fine to me so i don't know those excuses go out the window when you're playing against a Rutgers team that has the same situation um but I just wanted to roll through these offensive drives in the first half. Um, first drive, uh, of course, was one play. Rocky actually had a good throw there to uh, Jaden Reed, who fumbles on the play. Uh, PJ Flex says the ball is the program. Mel Tucker has said ball security is job security, and neither of those things ended up coming to fruition at all. They were putting the ball on the ground left and right. So second drive, you know, Connor Hayward comes in. He has a couple bad runs, doesn't get anywhere. Uh, misses in pass protection. Rocky Lombardi with the strip sack, give up the ball on the one yard line. Uh, third third drive. Eli Collins comes in here. Uh, we had a third and one dive play. Matt Dotson just absolutely whiffed on a block. Uh, they make the play at the line of scrimmage. Fourth and three. We go for it in our own territory. Come with a read option. There there was actually a hole there. Uh, so you know the play call. I didn't love it, but. There was a hole. Eli Collins had had a space to make that first down and, and just didn't explode through the hole. If he if he just kind of goes gangbusters through there, I, I think he has the first down. So you go back and watch it. it, it I, I don't want to blame Eli Collins there, but I, I think there was a hole. There was a play to be had and, and just didn't make a play. Again, give up bad field position on a turnover. Fourth drive, Jordan Simmons comes in there at running back. He actually looks pretty good, makes a couple plays. Then we bring in Hayward, who just, 
again, I don't know what's going on with that. He just doesn't look like he's in shape. He doesn't look like he can make it like 40 yards down the field, let alone run like a fast 40. It, I don't even know if he would make it the full 40. It was terrible. Uh, we get that fourth and one call, arrow route to to Jaden Reed. He slips a tackle. He's gone. And that's something where it's so frustrating because Jaden Reed, he showed some flashes that this dude is an all Big Ten receiver, that this dude's an NFL receiver. And then he just puts the ball on the ground twice. You can't do that. And hopefully, you know, look, hopefully the mental errors are gone. He had a bad drop in this game, too. Hopefully you just get all the mental errors out of the way in week one and he can move on. But that's a troubling sign for for a kid that just all in all played a really good game, made a few great plays, but three bad plays, two fumbles and a drop um, is going to be the story for him. Fifth drive, that's where you had that uh, interception, miscommunication between Rocky and Jalen Naylor. And again, you know, you go back to, MSU Twitter, it seems like everybody's on, oh, no, these plays weren't Rocky's fault. This wasn't, um, that was Jalen Naylor's fault. That was, at the end of the day, you give the praise to the quarterback when he does well. You give the blame to the quarterback when he does poorly. It might not be fair, but that's the way it is. And when it comes down to a miscommunication, I'm generally going to blame two people, and that's the offensive coordinator and the quarterback. That's just the way it goes. And so was Jalen Naylor supposed to run a comeback there? Maybe. Was Rocky supposed to put the ball there? Maybe. I don't know. We'll never know. But at the end of the day, even if you want to share that blame 50-50, part of that's on Rocky. And so Jalen Naylor maybe made the bad read. Maybe the offensive coordinator's to blame there. I don't know. But just terrible way to end the drive. And again, give up great field position to Rutgers. The next drive, you get an 11-play drive. You get to the red zone. You're starting to build a little bit of momentum on offense, get a couple, string a couple of good plays together, and you get the Jaden Reed fumble. Uh, You know, he's tackled by like three guys. One comes in and strips it. Just makes a good play at the end of the day. Um, Earlier on that drive, you had a Rocky. He just... He was getting hit. He decided to throw it away instead of just taking the sack. He got lucky. Nobody was there. Uh, could have been picked. Next drive you have. Um, this was off of the interception by Shakur Brown. So we get great field position. And then you get two penalties, a holding and a false start. You had a second and 26 after a bad running play. And then you just settle for a field goal. So kills any momentum that you have. Uh, and then you have uh, uh, 30, 36 seconds left. You have a drive to, to go down and kick a field goal. Rocky makes a couple good plays, but it was just back-breaking turnover over back, after back-breaking turnover after you know, penalties and, and just, I don't know, you, you blame the coaching. You, they come out flat. They weren't ready. Offense, offensive side of the ball especially was just not ready for this game. They, they were not prepared. They were making mental errors left and right. I, I don't know. I don't know who to blame ex- besides the coaches for that. So rough start to the game again. We're down 28-13 at halftime. You go into the second half and um, look, again, defense holds them to 10 points in the second half, all in the fourth quarter. Third quarter, they come out and play really well. They're giving the offense ball, the back the ball back uh, they, they're coming out and making some plays 
but the offense again you get a jordan simmons uh fumble on the first drive rocky gets a strip sack on the second drive our, our curie falls on it but then um you know we have to punt it away that's the the point where <clears throat> Rutgers muffs the punt we get the ball back great field position uh rocky to, to jalen naylor for the touchdown there and you go back and watch that touchdown i don't i don't want to be this guy i really don't want to be the one just trashing rocky lombardi who played a halfway decent game but that throw was late uh, you go back and watch that jalen naylor touchdown he was wide open for a couple seconds before rocky sees him and, and makes the throw um, credit to him. He makes the throw, puts it on the spot, makes a play. But uh, I- I'm worried that a Penn State, an Ohio State, a Michigan defense picks that off and goes the other way. Uh, it was late. But again, hey, good throw by Rocky. Puts it on a good spot uh, once he saw him. Fourth drive off of another turnover. You get a fumble by the Michigan State defense. You get great field position. Uh, then you get a nice read option to start the drive. And then they go power, power fourth and two uh, a read option i i think it i don't think that there was a correct read there it definitely wasn't giving the ball i think rocky had a shot if he kept it but um you get a read option on fourth and two wasted opportunity at this point you were down 28 20 with great field position blow the drive no points um at the time because this was a controversial you know do we kick the field goal do we take the points? Um, at the time, I, I was good with the fourth, uh, with, with the going for it. I, I wasn't okay with the play call. I would have liked to see a little rub route, uh, an easy throw out to the flat. I think, you know, similar to that Jaden Reed on fourth and one, you just get that little, you know, defense is called a pick play, offense is called a rub route. Give me one of those. Give me give me something a little bit different. I, I didn't love the play call, but I at the time I did like the decision to go for it on fourth down because that's the MO of this coaching staff. Look, they're going to be aggressive, and they showed that on fourth down. And I don't want them to get away from that. I, I don't want to. I don't want them to get away from what they do. But uh, again, uh, you know, results didn't work. But I'm I'm okay with the decision. Just give me a different play call. Uh, again, if you're going to be an aggressive coaching staff, be an aggressive coaching staff. Don't flip-flop between the two uh, because that's not going to work. Uh, be yourselves. Be true to the, your your system and go for it if that's going to be your MO. We went for it on fourth down in our own territory. I mean, this, this coaching staff clearly wants to be aggressive in, in keeping the offense on the field. But again, I would have liked to see a little bit different play call there. So you waste that opportunity. Uh, but you know, you still got a shot here. You're down 31, 20, 12 minutes left. The next time the offense takes the field and, uh, you, you're a split second away from a strip sack. There was that, um, where Rocky got hit as he was throwing the ball. Um, and then you, you're forced to punt. And, uh, you know, by the next time we get the ball here, uh, this is a note that I made because you're down 38 to 20, four minutes and 40 seconds left. So you're down three scores, down 18 points. This is where you have to make a QB change. You have enough time. You you know you're going to get probably two drives. You have to give somebody else a shot here. And again, maybe it's not even because Rocky played poorly, but you just have to you have to give somebody a shot. If this is a real quarterback competition, four minutes left, you're down three scores. 
what are we doing here? I that that part frustrated me so much at the time, and when I went back and rewatched it, it just made me even more angry. Um, because there's there's just you're not going to win this game. The game's over. Three scores, four and a half minutes left. You got to give somebody else a shot there. That's the time to make the QB change. Uh, Rocky throws a bad interception. A penalty brings it back. He had an intentional grounding on that drive as well. Did throw a nice touchdown to Jaden Reed in the back corner. Uh, I'll give him that. And then throws the INT in the next drive to finish it off. But um, th- that's the big story for me is where where was this quarterback competition that we heard about? Uh, because I didn't see it. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to harp on the quarterback all day long. Uh, let's let's. I <laughs> I don't even know, man. Um, we talked about Rocky. The running backs, 31 carries for 62 yards. Two yards a carry, really. Um, yeah, that's where we're at. Jaden Reed, 11 catches, 128 yards, two touchdowns, two fumbles. Jalen Naylor, six catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown, and a fumble. Both of those guys, I mean, you have two receivers combined for 200 yards, 17 catches, uh, three touchdowns, and those are the two guys we expected to have a big year, explosive playmakers. But when the two of them put the ball on the ground three times, it doesn't matter. So I expect that to be a big point of emphasis, obviously, over the course of this week. I hope everybody's, you know, sitting in the dorm room with a ball duct taped to their arms, like, uh, you know, in was remember the Titans. I mean, I can't turn the ball over, can't turn the ball over seven times and win a conference game, plus two turnovers on down. So nine turnovers, you have nine turnovers. You, you that just can't happen. It, I don't know what to tell you. I mean. <laughs> It seems simple because it is simple. When when you lose by 11 points and you turn the ball over nine times, as bad as we played, as poorly as we played, we still could have won that game, should have won that game, if we don't turn the ball over nine times. So defense, again, you hold them to 276 yards. You turn the ball over a couple times. Uh, defense for the for the terrible spots that they were put in all game long, didn't play terribly. Again, you have no pass rush, and that's going to be the main story out of the defense. You have no linebackers outside of Antoine Simmons. I would like to see Chase Klein in there a little bit more, uh, but Noah Harvey did not play well. He, he would he just looked lost out there, especially anytime they ran any kind of read option or RPO. He had no idea what he was doing. Um, but I guess let's, let's wrap this thing up again. You have... Um, couple minutes here as uh, I'll, I'll do my post-game rant. But just to, to wrap it up here, my, my prediction pregame was way off. Uh, I picked MSU and the points. Obviously, oh, both of those were not true. And the over-under, I think, was 44. And we went way over. So I'm 0 for 3 to start the year. I picked MSU to win. I picked MSU to cover the spread. And I picked the under in the over-under uh, rough start. I was actually, if you follow my picks on Standing Room MSU on Twitter, I was 5-2 and two in the Big Ten this week on my picks against the spread, which is, uh, I will credit myself here, hard to do. But uh, yeah, de- definitely misread this one. Two helmet stickers to give out today. 
Matt Coughlin went two for two with 48 and 40, 40, 48 and 45 yard field goal for Matt Coughlin. So he gets a helmet sticker. He was perfect on the day. Um, even though Greg Schiano tried to play some mind games at the end of the first half there with a couple, uh, he tried to ice him twice. I don't know what that was about, but uh, Matt Coughlin, perfect. What else can you say? As a kicker, he did his job. Uh, and Antoine Simmons gets another helmet sticker, 11 tackles, three tackles for loss and a fumble recovery. He was all over the backfield. He was making plays. He was doing the best he could. He had good coverage a couple times. There was one uh, he was lined up. <clears throat> Had to go man-to-man with a wide receiver in the end zone. Made a good play. So uh, Antoine Simmons, he he deserves better. <laughs> but we talked about him preseason a lot for a good reason. I, I think he's an NFL linebacker. So he he played actually a pretty good game. Um, again, defense as a whole, I'll, I'll just keep saying it because I want people to understand that, that they didn't play that poorly as a whole. They kept people in front of them. Uh, they they stopped him a couple times, but they were just put in such bad positions that you're going to give up points. It's just, again, those four first half touchdown drives, their average field position was the MSU 38 yard line. So you're those you're starting in field goal for the field goal range. Jesus Christ, I can't talk. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a good place to end this again. Um, you're going to hear in one second here the. The post-game rant, as soon as the game was over, I grabbed my microphone and I just ranted for six minutes and uh, my anger. So I hope you enjoy that. But uh, I don't know. Michigan's coming up next week. They're open up as a a 25-point favorite. That's probably not enough. They looked good against Minnesota. Um, I don't know. Go green. All right, so the game just ended. Um Literally, the game just ended maybe one minute ago. I wanted to come on and just give my immediate thoughts. I mean, holy shit. I, from a, the initial, you go on Twitter, okay. Um, a lot of people are saying out there, hey, this isn't Rocky Lombardi's fault. He played a good game. What the hell kind of game did you guys watch? Look, there there was a lot of problems outside of Rocky Lombardi. Our offensive line couldn't block anybody. There there were no lanes in the running game. They were getting penetration on every single passing play. I get it. But f- for people to sit there and say Rocky Lombardi played a good game, are you freaking kidding me? I, I'm trying to keep this, you know, safe for children. Uh, but Jesus Christ. I he missed open receivers. He turned the ball over. I, I don't I don't know what else you need to see. He he fumbled the ball two times, threw a couple interceptions. What are we doing? You don't put another quarterback in there? You don't give another guy a shot? Are are Theo Day and Peyton Thorne that bad? Are they that bad that that they can't even get a shot in this game? It, it was evident from the second quarter. That that this wasn't the guy. That Rocky Lombardi's not the guy. I again, I get it. Offensive line sucks. Running game got nothing going on the ground. Receivers drop passes. People were fumbling left and right. But for anybody to believe that Rocky Lombardi's the guy after this game, I I don't know what to tell you. But 
Man, I, I just wanted to hop on and give my kind of initial thoughts uh, to wrap up this Monday episode. I'll, I'll, you know, we'll post this at the end, but man, it was they, there was nothing going at the beginning. Defense was just put in bad spots, and it was hard to blame the defense for a lot of those first half points. You know, they they were <laughs> they were giving up field position inside the 50-yard line, you know, damn near every possession, and and there's not much you can do. And we talked about it on the preview that there's new offensive coordinators, new quarterback. We we didn't know what to prepare for on the Rutgers side of the ball with this up-tempo offense. And when you combine that with the field position they were getting every drive, I, I don't know what to tell you. There's just nothing you can do on the defensive side. But as the game went on, I mean, man, just nothing went well. And look, Scott and I were talking, and you know, he asked me the question, like, you know, what what position group played the best? And out of ten, you know, what would you rank them? And you know, obviously, the immediate thought was the kicker. You know, Matt Coughlin kicked kicked two field goals, made two field goals, like he did his job. But that's it. Even the rest of the special teams, I mean, the the punt return team, kick return team, punt team, it was bad. Defensive line, just no pass rush. Linebackers missing gaps, missing plays. There was a fourth and one where Noah Harvey just was looking at the sideline, not even paying attention to the snap. And and Verdal, their their quarterback, just, Ran a little QB sneak up the middle because our linebackers weren't even paying attention. I think Antoine Simmons had a pretty good game, but if we're, if we're talking about the linebackers as a whole, what the hell, man? Well, what was going on there? Uh, they missed a, a bunch of read options, a bunch of little swing passes. It's just defensive backs. Like It seemed like every time they needed a play, they got it. And, and our defensive backs had nothing doing. And our offense, I don't even want to talk about the offense, but Jesus, you mentioned Rocky. The offensive line was bad. The running backs, I, I don't know what the hell was going on there. Simmons played a good game. I'll give him that. You know, it seemed like every time he touched the ball, something was happening. But Eli Collins, he didn't just, he didn't get in the game one. And, and when he did, there was no lanes to run through. I, I mean, I it just it, it seemed like the offensive line just didn't even want to block for him. Um, Connor Hayward, where do we want to start with that? I don't know why what he's doing on the field. There's just no explosiveness. There's no. It feels like there's no potential for a big play whenever he's on the field. The receivers. Look, I mean, Jordan Reed made a couple plays, but he also dropped the ball a couple times. He, he had one bad drop, and he had a couple fumbles. Like, you you can't do that. Trey Mosley gets hurt in the middle of the game. Jalen Naylor made one or two plays, but it just – nobody played well. Nobody. I I don't know what else to say. So, you know, hey, you guys will listen to the beginning of this – episode you know before uh, you hear this this will be tomorrow we'll we'll sit down and record this thing after we sleep on it a little bit but i just wanted to come on and record a couple minutes right after 
to get my emotional response out of this because Jesus, man, it was rough. I, and, and all of you guys, I'm sure, felt the same way, but nobody played well. Coaching was bad. And that's the biggest takeaway for me. Offensive coaching staff especially did not have these guys ready to play. Ball was just – there was no no control of the football. I mean, P.J. Flex says all the time the ball is the program. Mel Tucker said ball security is job security. That that went out the window, man. Fumbling left and right. Miscommunication between the quarterback and the wide receivers. Blocking schemes didn't seem like they were just ready. I, I, I don't know, man. The offensive coaching staff just was not ready for this game. Everything was bad. I, I don't know what else to say. So I, I'm just going to wrap this thing up. I, I wanted to give my initial thoughts. Again, this will be at the end of the episode. Um, yeah, go green. <laughs>